Have you ever had to give yourself a pep talk just to walk into a car dealership? Or have you ever thought to yourself, I can't trust car salesmen. They don't have my best interest at heart. I'm here to debunk the myths and break the stigma. Welcome to Carman Conversations, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Carman Conversations, and today we are treated with a very, very special guest and a big favourite of mine, Benjamin Marnie. Welcome, Benny. Thanks for having me. I've got a fair bit to get through with you today that I'm really excited about, and I've been looking forward to this podcast for a period of time. But I guess the big big thing for us is, um, or for, for everyone, is that you've come on as an ambassador like I've got a multiple of, and and it wasn't for anything in particular apart from the fact that, that we connected through through social media. And there's a bit of a story behind that, but just for a bit of background for that. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Australian boxing, big fan of uh, all fighting sports. And and um, along this young gentleman came of, of Benny Marnie and I started following Ben and his story. And I got a bit intrigued just from, I guess, his day-to-day hustle of what he did and how he went about it. And um, there was one day... I think it was on one of your stories you put up. Anyone know a car man or a car guy that can help me out? I'm in some trouble. And I reached out to you at that point and uh, and said, yeah, I'm your car guy. And the rest is history from there. Um, after a few conversations and a bit of an understanding of what you were trying to achieve, uh, we got you up to the dealership and, and you bought one of the secondhand cars. And when we first met, obviously, the history um it's history from there. It's just it's been a, obviously a, a really good mutual understanding of what we both wanted in our careers. One being automotive and and one being in boxing. Um, but yeah, from that point, uh, I was really impressed with you, and I just I was still intrigued with the journey of where you're going. And from that point, you uh, we brought you on as a as a Grand Prix ambassador. You've been in the BT50. Uh, you've been repping that BT. Uh, and part of the part of the Grand Prix community and the family, I guess. And I'm honoured to have you on board. So welcome to Car Man Conversations, Ben. Uh, and I, I guess uh, from me to you, um, talk me through, I guess, your way of the first meeting, how it felt, and then uh, where we where we are today, I guess, and then break that into your journey so far. So I can't, that introduction was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, right. I don't know how to I, re- that I rehearsed one. that one. Yeah, I think, I think so too. But um, yeah, look, I honestly, from when we first met, from before we first met, when I first started um, my tie boxing boxing journey i was the worst with cars horrible horrible as you know um i reckon i had like six cars over six years and they were just like burnt into the ground never got them serviced the most irresponsible person just, in the world they just weren't your thing mate, no they, they? Weren't, they weren't my thing i was never a car guy until we met um but yeah i, I moved out of home quite early so i had a lot of random debts that i needed to pay off and i just never got around to getting myself organized um and i had the cherry j11 at the time it's a <laughs> cherry never dies but um yeah i uh, broke down on every set of lights on the gold coast as all my friends know but um yeah i was just just dying and dying and dying i needed a new vehicle and i kept putting out the feels and i had a few people like dane put me in contact with you as well and i, well, I heard the name float around a few times in um, when I put that post up and you contacted me, I was like, this is unreal. How good. Um, so when we first come in, I bought, was it the Crawler? Yeah, the Crawler. Yep. Yep. Um, which was an amazing car. I drove it like yep. six times, yep. but it was an amazing <laughs> car. I loved it. Um, and for me, like always having a bomb for a car and being, I suppose, irresponsible with it, getting a vehicle was just another aspect in life. So whether it's getting on top of my bills or whether it was 
you know, getting a nice car or a respectable car. Or it was just another thing ticked in the box. I don't have to stress about in the back yeah. of my mind and it haunted me for a long time. Um, so after I had that first car, which you looked after me amazing with, I was I was super pumped. And even then, I was like, "This is it! I've had, I'm gonna have this car for years. This is epic!" I was so I was so chuffed with that. Um, and then I, was it, we come in for a service, and then I was talking about really wanting a BT like down the track. That's how it happened. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we're sitting down, and Lukey says to me, "He goes, oh, um, we got some BTs here." And then um, I think he said, "How would you feel about driving one out today?" And I was just like what okay and then um we went to the back and you come back out and you're like let's get this going kind of thing and then that day i took the bt50 home um as a as a bt50 ambassador for for you and um it was it was crazy it was for for me it was a mind-boggling moment you know what i mean like whether it's you know in big fights walking down the runway these you got these dreams that you have having like that car was just like all time for me and um it was a bit of a surreal moment and this for some people it wouldn't seem like a big deal but for me it was it meant the world i think at that point i was obviously very entrenched into career and see where you're going and i could see you're on this journey that i wanted to be part of and you had the initial transaction with the crawler and then i thought the bt is a great thing and i think at the time um i might have said look let's six months let's have a look at christmas time and see where we're at and you know we'll just see how the relationship is and and obviously it went really well um because i was i was already on this journey with you and i could see the I guess the network you have in your community, but a little story, the Ben Marnie, the glamour boy of the Gold Coast, um, with uh, with a really good following, a good story to tell. And then you were fighting um, later on that year, and it was, um, I think it was later, like October or November, um, and you won that fight, and it was a very, very impressive display. And um, we passed each other in the crowd, and I gave you a bit of a hug and said, congratulations, mate, like, what an effort. I think you've just deserved to hold that BT50 for uh, for a lot longer, and uh, and I remember the smile on your face, and and I don't know, you were pretty excited about the fight. You were bloody excited about that BT50 too, and uh, I knew then that that uh, was a relationship that was going a long way. Um, yeah, to me, I, I knew the timing was right. You at the time, I guess you've you've spent that first six months in the car, like you said, it was it was great, and what that meant is a privilege to have the car. But that where to from there? Where was the next part of the journey? Um, as far as the the car and the relationship we built, whether it was building the friendship, and we were going away to the Morton Island and all the shoots, the cars kind of from that point became a secondary thing. Obviously, we're great friends, and, and I think just the relationship that we built along that process I was, for me, dealing with car dealerships, dealing with my past cars, worst experiences ever. So what the I suppose the process we had, it was me getting people on board as well. So I spoke to a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, and um, I brought a lot of people through, like even Emily, my partner. She's like, that was the smoothest process ever, and you know I've had a lot of people come through, and they've all come back and said the same Yep. same thing how smooth and how easy the transaction was kind of thing but um yeah the process has been amazing and um from there i've always 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 wanted a bt50 of my own and and for me it was a life box tick to even drive it and to be you know yep. to be with you um but then we had the discussion of i think i want to i think i want to buy a bt50 yeah. and yeah. i think that was i suppose the next step because you know down the track however long that may be eventually i'll have to return the car and then I have to drive my Corolla where there's nothing wrong with my, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the Corolla, but I didn't want to go back from no, that. No, you couldn't. It's to hard that. to, mate. It's no hard way. To. So let's go back a step and just talk a bit about Ben Marnie. So talk us through. You're obviously going extremely well in Australian boxing now, and um, the the world's at your feet. But 
take us through the journey. When did you start? How did it start? It wasn't always always boxing to start, and where you are today. So it's been a long ride. Um, I've been training for 13, 14 years competing. Um, I started originally in Muay Thai, so I had 40 professional Thai fights over the years. Um, I was three-time Australian champion in two different divisions. I fought overseas. I fought in the top five in the world. Um, got to quite a high level. Um, and when originally my goal was to be a, a kickboxing world champion, I wanted yep. to go to glory and go on all these big promotions and, and do it that way. But throughout the years, I kind of... It's not all about the money, but at the end of the day, what you want to do as a job, you want to be like what you love. You want to be able to do that for income yep. for the rest of your yep, life. That's, and that's when they say when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. So that's what I wanted to achieve. Um, and then when I fought, I think my last fight, I fought in China. I fought a guy called Yodkin Pun. He was number three in the world. I took it on like six days notice. I got an express visa. We went to China. We got bashed. Got my nose smashed. Like my um, septum deviated and all that, whatnot. You can flick it and it bleeds now. Um, and we got paid three grand to right. for that, and that was like top five in the world in another country. Like, and for me, it was kind of like a bit of a wake up call. Like, yeah, oh, I need, uh, yeah, like I, I need to change what I'm doing to get to where I need to go. I've worked so hard to get to that point, and so we started taking like short notice. A few fights before that, I took a, probably three or four short notice boxing fights. I think I was just picked because he's like, oh, he's a tough tie boxer. Yep he'll be good to get in and get throw a punch, but we'll stop him kind of thing. And I ended up knocking out my first three, four, five kind of fights. And yep. I wasn't supposed to win any of those fights. And I think that's why I jumped up the rankings so quick because I was just going, oh, whatever. I was going in just throwing big bombs and, yes. and, just, and just catching people because yep. i got a bit of mongrel in me. And then from there, when after that tie fight, um, I kind of went, I think I can do this. You know, I had a lot of boxers come into the gym at the time um, and I was sparring them and I didn't feel that far off them when I was doing Thai boxing and back then my hands weren't they weren't good but yep. I was getting through and so yeah we thought alright well let's give, let's give this a spin and I made the jump because me and Josh my coach um, we sat down and went like what's the game plan like what do we want to achieve I don't want to get stuck in this loop and do the same yeah, thing yep. and I don't want to work until I'm or fight until I'm 30 retire go get a trade work until retirement age and then like my whole dream's gone if I keep doing what I'm doing I know it so we decided to go to boxing um, we took it very seriously and then that was in 2000 and uh end of 2017 i had my that that first fight where i was like this is what we're doing eight and i've been boxing now for what not even four years yep. full time yep um so we're 12 and 0 now former oz champ former regional champion and um yeah we're sitting at number two in oz under tim and we are i think 40 in the world as of today so Amazing. yeah it's been a pretty good story isn't it yeah it's been good so far so far so good so um, the process is just now getting out of Australia, yep. um, getting to that world scene. I feel like when we stay in a certain position for too long, you kind of just go in a loop and loop, and one day your day's up. So oh, I don't want to you know, have an off night or get caught or fight someone I shouldn't be fighting under me, and then something happens, and then I, I don't get there in, at the end of the day. Um, I've got the ability and the opportunities, and I've got the beautiful people around me and support to, to go and do this. So yep. I think the next stage is... Shoot for the world. Sounds good. And yeah. what about the next five years? Is there plans there? Is there somewhere you want to see yourself in five years' time? World champion. Is, world champ. And, and I know it's even from now it's far-fetched, but from when I first started, you if we knew each other back then, you'd just be like, yep. I've always believed from day one I'm going to do it. Yep. When I come to boxing, I got told, you're a tie fighter, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to change styles. You're not going to be able to do this. Oh, you're not going to beat him. It's it's always been the same thing, whether it's on trade sites, you're not going to be able to do it, get a job, or or I've got to where I am now, and I've never been more confident that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've sparred world champions. I've held my own with them and more. Um, I've 
I've done 12 and 0 coming off literally my first six fights. I was saying before, um, I reckon I had two weeks training for my first six boxing fights. Right. Yeah. In, in total, you know. So I feel like four years into the sport, I'm where I am. Give me another four or five, and I'll have a world title around my waist for sure. It's impressive. The one thing that stands out to me is um, is your mindset. Uh, you're very, very passionate. You're very driven and motivated. But you can see it in conversation, whether it be in a in a social scene or whether it be in this environment or whether you know you're talking in fight land and um that's the thing that that probably attracts me to ben martin the most and follow that journey is that you're very genuine you're very driven very motivated and regimented in what you do but you've got this aura of this story going along with you and i don't know i, I just get excited when we hear about this in world champion i feel like I'm, I'm on the ride with you but the kind of hair stand up in the back of the neck moment you know like of um the inspiration so to put that out, that's obviously got to come within. And I'll just touch a little bit on, on your social media. And, and obviously, in t- today's boxing, there's not a lot of income when it comes from Australian boxing and, and fights, and they can be few and far between. And you've got to generate some income. You've got to generate the story. But you've got to be a showman at the same time. And that's how, I'm obviously, like we said before, how we first met. But your social media... You're obviously very, very good at it. You're very, you've got a, a fantastic exposure. But the, the, the thing that I like is how genuine you are. And you're telling the story about where you started, where you want to be, and it's the same routine every day, and you can't help but not watch it. How much of that to you was it? Is it a plan that you want to think, okay, well, I need to promote myself this way? Has it become a customer that just become second nature to you? Uh, tell us about your, your social media and your following, and I guess it, what's the storyline? What are we trying to achieve? Um, for me, again, it's organic. Like it's when I first started, it was Instagram, Facebook. Like I grew up in the era where it first started. You know, kids of this generation, yeah. they are born into TikTok and all that. They yeah. they're wizards by the time they're bloody 10 you know so when we first it was just a slow burn but um for me now it's not so much about anything special it's just the daily routine you know and it's 2022 social media is everything whether it's high level boxing with the the paul brothers kind of thing whether it's trends or whatever it may be um everything's through that and i think that you've got to big reach and a lot of people use it for the wrong reasons um people look at social media in the wrong way where they look at it and they whether it's they judge other people or then they compare themselves and then they let it make them upset or depressed. I think it can be used as a different perspective. You look at someone above you or doing something amazing or fit, use that as inspiration, use that as a template. You can use the same, I suppose, blueprint for positive, not negative. And I I think that's completely a a perspective thing. Um, For me, building that, again, it's as an athlete or as a, a boxer, it's you're not just a person you're a brand that's what you have to build and i think you need to again like you said the the boxing industry it's not big money and it's more than muay thai was and it's still not it's still not much that's saying something um but to have the social presence that allows sponsors to come on board without you and me we wouldn't have met if unless it was through social platform you know and you can build great relationships great friendships um sponsorship opportunities anything through that and i think that that's important i honestly wouldn't be anywhere near where i am or where i'm going without all my sponsors all my friends all my supporters you know um whether it be per fight whether it be a car that gets me to training every day like this is so imperative to have a successful career and a lot of guys i suppose not being negative towards that but a lot of people just kind of fight or do their sport and it's a oh it's a given i deserve this it's like well what do you give back to the people and if someone's looking after you or an ambassador or a sponsor 
what can you give them in return? It's a two-way street. And I think well, yeah. you're bang on there. And I think this is the big thing, a big part of our relationship. If someone had said to me five years ago, Luke, you need to be on social media and you need to be promoting your business through social media and be networking with your ambassadors, whatever my they I would have said you're kidding yourself, right? I actually did. This is a true story. And yeah, uh, I got pushed um, by, by the amazing team at Collaborative Media Group. And they said, you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to do this. You need to be pr- promoting a, a platform uh, for you and the business. And people want to see who you are. And so I was, a, a, I was an amateur, obviously, at it. Um, but soon enough, I realized how big and powerful that world is. What I then realized is that you know, when I grew up in the different area where you didn't have it at your fingertips, you know, and you followed your sports and to get that information on your sports people, you had to read it in the paper or search them, you know, through Google. Whereas now you're getting to see press conferences, people training, prepping for fighting, like what you're doing, you know, your training routine, how you prep, walking up to, to the weight cut and everything else. Like we get to see this sort of stuff live, which is which is such a privilege. But the part, I guess, when when we've partnered and as, as with other people is we become family, we become a community. And the big thing about it is that that support, it goes so far and our network has obviously collided in a, in a great fashion because I've always been a big believer, like attracts like, uh, which it has, but the people following you and people on your vision are the same that I've got, you know, um, and hence why the business has worked really well together. But again, that's a social media thing and we've watched it live and it's it's been fantastic. And, and I'm honoured, A, that I get to spend the amount of time that I do with you, B, that I get to come on your journey with you where I feel I'm, I'm there. Um, and then watching your community and supporting the way uh, the, the way they are and how tight it is and who I've met through that has been a privilege. And to see it, that's the sort of stuff I love, when it be from business or personal, that, that's the inspirational, motivational thing. So um, from that, I guess, you, the one big thing for you is, um, is your positivity. There's never anything negative that comes out of your mouth, and if there is anything in a negative conversation, you'll find the positive from it. Talk to me about your mindset. Obviously, you're very driven and motivated and you've got some really good positive energy. Um, is that a thing you've had to work hard on or is it something that's always been natural? Uh, definitely work on. It's uh, callousing the soul, I always say. Um, mate, like Everyone goes through their dramas. I'm not saying it's less or worse or whatever, but I had some moments when I was younger with childhood stuff that I had to kind of callous myself and cut myself off from. Um, again, I don't really speak about a lot on camera or anything like that. I probably never will because your past isn't what defines you, it's your future and I think it's what you do in the moment now forward that matters the most. So I think growing up I had a choice to either kind of succumb to all the the issues that were going on or it was to overcome it and to make a better life for myself and that's originally why I started training. I wanted to, like my, my old man got me into to Taekwondo when I was very young. Um, and then I kind of got into Muay Thai cause my, just to stay fit. And then I just had my first fight. Wayne Parr I was training with at the time offered me a fight. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And from there it kind of rolled. But every single day at 4 o'clock, I was at the gym. I was training. I was releasing stress. I was getting better. I was making myself a better person. And then when I got to the point, I think I went professional Muay Thai at 16 years old, I got my first pay. And it wasn't much. But like I said back then, I had a lot of debt. I was blacklisted by my banks. I was in a lot of trouble. I had... A terrible car i had was in a, in a really bad space i was couch surfing a lot of the time i moved yeah. out of home around 16 as well so it was there was a lot of moving parts to it but um i think for myself again it was i need to make a better life for myself and this is how i'm going to do it i didn't know anything else i could fight naturally um i think my my so growing up kind of thing i just kind of knew with my old man i was yeah. 
that's just what I did, and that's what he did as well. Um, my brother brother was an, uh, uh, like a rough nut as well. So I think moving forward, I was like, if I fight, I'll make money. Then I'll get better, then I'll fight, then I'll make some more money, then I'll fight, then I'll win a belt, then I'll do this, and then one day I'll be a world champion, I'll be a millionaire. That's it. And it was that simple when I was a kid, you know? And then, obviously, as you get into the sport, you realize how hard of a slug it is. And yeah. I think, you know, looking up to guys like whether it was be boxing, Muay Thai, MMA. I was looking up to the McGregors back then. I was looking up to the Anthony Joshua's. Um, you know, these days you've got so many guys at the top that are good on socials, good relationships, good responses, and all you want is just some support and some love, and it's just enough to carry you through. And I think, um, you know, when I was struggling, I had a lot of people along the road that came to help. I'm talking early days too, 15, 16 years old, yeah. that came to support me when no one else would, and that bit of love kind of support is what made me go i need to do this to others and give that back and so i think even when i was going through the pits if i could be kind to someone else i could bring them along with and i think that's i suppose where the social medias come from is if you can present a positive message and you know there's no i suppose negatives always see the positive the silver lining kind of thing that's just kind of where it came from well it's definitely not just through socials it's you as a person uh it's you through message uh, you bring a smile to my face most messages because of the, the energy and warmth that comes. But you, I think, in your, in your day-to-day, and, and I relate this back to my staff all the time, just that positive energy, positive energy, good, good vibes, you know, and that good energy that comes out. It, it's hard even if you're down and out, but when you're around that, you're just it's infectious, isn't it? You know, and I think that's been a, a really good thing for you and your for your fighting but just that aura that you put around you has attracted those like-minded people you know so i guess the routine just jump back to that you got the four o'clock starts every yep. day just talk us through the bit of the normal routine i know you're you're the the same breakfast every morning <laughs> um you know you have your thirty-two thousand coffees a day and all yep. the rest of it what is it you wake up in the morning are you prepped from the night before what you're doing you've got your diary sorted Talk, talk me through it. Depends on the day. Totally depends on the day I had. But um, yeah, usually I'm, I'm pretty scheduled. So I go like an app for all my clients and all bookings. So my weeks are already pre-booked out prior. I spent years writing in a notepad and it looked like the exorcist had drawn in it. So <laughs> I was like, I need to stop this. Um, so I got a, a mate to help me out with an app. So I've jumped on that. My schedule training wise is all booked out. I've got my S&C you know, Monday, Thursday. I got my boxing every night. I got my sparring on when I'm in camp, you know, the Wednesday, the Fridays. I book all my sessions out. I book all my clients out. I have everything to a T. So I wake up, I look at this app, and I go, this is what I'm doing today. As far as I go, yeah, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit massively. I think it's important to have that that structure. I think so. One day gets away from you and then leads into another day, and then you start to go, oh, I've got to catch up on this, and it gets to Friday, you're snowballed, then you're working over the weekend. And uh, it, I've spent too many years in a messy rut kind of thing. Yep. So, yeah. But um, they're very religious, so I, I train twice a day. Um, I do probably two or three hours of clients a day as well. Um, so throughout the whole week, I'm probably doing about 20 hours of clients, 20 to 30 hours of training, um, and then all my partner time, and then downtime recovery, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's quite it's a regimented, isn't it? Yes. And it's got to be that way. Obviously, you're an athlete that needs to look after your body. Yep. To look after your body, you need to look after your mind. There needs to be some really good balance, and yep. I, I think you display that. Now, speaking of your body, this is the first time in a while I've seen your shirt on. Um, Do you want me to take you, it off? You have got the best abs in, in the world. Uh, I wouldn't say that. What's the line you always say to me? You don't buy a Ferrari to leave it in the garage? That's right. Can you we just change that to you don't buy a Mazda? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't buy a Mazda to keep it in the garage. We'll roll with that. I like it. No, also, Benny, the, the, I guess that for me, uh, the relationship is – is so important and so inspiring. And just what we've talked about today, I don't know, I, you, you've, I've got a grin from, from ear to ear because I enjoy talking about this stuff. 
I love the similarities to, between yourself and me. Like, and you don't know that we, we're going to have these. It just comes down to a, a day-to-day routine of, of scheduled, you know, of having the same thing, of being ready, being prepared, how I prepare for a meeting in the morning, get myself up. I want to be the biggest motivator in, in, that, in that dealership each day. I want to come in and I want to have the most energy when I leave during that day and be an inspiration to people. But everything is about good energy and good vibes and positivity and be surrounded by good people and being a big believer that um, that that uh, like attracts like and good things come to good people. And I've always said, and I'll probably message it to you a hundred times as well, but um, for me, from a Grand Prix Master and Ben Money relationship, I couldn't be more stoked. Uh, stoked for what we've brought together as far as the community goes uh, in your network. Um, and that's just massive, you know, and I talk to these guys now and, and they're part of my family, you know, and uh, the Gold Coast crew. And, and I guess your journey, I couldn't be more proud of where you've come, you know, from and in the time that we've known each other, I've seen the growth from you personally and, and professionally, you know, and you, you've got a, a beautiful partner in M, the energy that you two have and the, the, the vision and the dream you're on, you do everything together when it comes to training and, you know, coming into fight camp and she supports you. There's no more important thing to that, you know, you can't, you need to have everything in your corner, go on the right way and I can see how hard you work from a um from a personal level and a professional level to get yourself match fit uh and fight fit but to have someone in that in your corner that believes in that vision and supports 100 percent, there's no money that will buy that stuff you know what i mean uh so yeah you're obviously blessed and and um you've got some really good support and the same thing with josh your coach too you know i was lucky enough to meet josh in the early days when you first picked up the crawler and i could see it there you've you've definitely got all the right attributes to be a superstar and i don't think that this this world champion status will be will be far off, you know, because um, I've got good, great belief in who you are. And um, to me, again, I just wanted to thank you very much for being such a good ambassador for Master Aspley, but more so for me personally, just such a great friend uh, and the way we've met. And um, it's inspirational, you know, and to have someone along the lines that, that, that I can call a friend and go on this journey and watch has, has been great. And I suppose from an ambassador point of view too, You've been outstanding for us. You've been really, really good. So uh, thank you, mate, for uh, for joining Carman Conversations. Uh, thank you for being a very, very big part of, of who we are um, and all the best on this, this massive journey that I'm your biggest supporter. I'm going to continue to watch, but no doubt that I'm going to be standing by your side when uh, you are the king of the kids. So thank you very much, Benny. Uh, 100%. Thanks for being a, a big part of what we do, mate. No, I'm very grateful and, and touching on that, man. I'm very grateful for what you've done for me as a friend, for being an ambassador for the you know Mazda for, for absolutely everything in between, it's genuinely been something that's helped me more than I could express. From getting to training, from the mental side of it, especially, that's been a massive thing. Um, it's been completely life changing. So I'm very grateful for you and everything that you've done and and everything that it brings with it. Excellent, so, my, my man. man. Thank you very me. much, my man. Thank, Thank you, Benjamin. You. Well, as you can see. Very, very inspirational and such a good guy, Ben Marnie. Um, he's a big, big favourite of mine. And if you haven't picked up from that, and if you've listened to this, try watching it because he's a good-looking man. But um, honestly, the demeanour you can speak, I, I, I was blessed there with the eye contact and you can just see how deep and genuine that is. In all seriousness, the, the drive and motivation is something else. So if you're not already and you want to continue to follow this journey, Jump on the links in the description below and uh, follow this superstar in action.